Hello and welcome to the broadcast. This is a ministry of North Harford Baptist Church in Jarrettsville, Maryland. Visit us online at northharford.org. For the weekly psalm this week, I'm doing an introduction to the psalms. And what I want to do is talk about how to read the psalms. That is a large topic. I've tried to condense it down to the nutshell version to help us grow in reading the psalms. One supreme topic, one central character that you can read from three standpoints of faith. I'll say that again, but this is how you can read the Psalms. Seeing that there is one supreme topic, one central character that we can read from three standpoints of faith. For that one supreme topic, we're beginning with Psalm 95.3. The Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. The Lord is a great God and a great king. The one supreme topic of the Psalms is that God is the supreme king of heaven and earth. He is the ruler. He is the king of his creation. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of earth. God is the supreme king over heaven and earth. That's the one grand topic or the one supreme topic of the Psalms. There's one supreme topic, one central character that you can read from three standpoints of faith. Look at Psalm 29:10. The Lord sits enthroned Who sits on a throne? A king. Yeah, the Lord. The Lord is king. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits enthroned as king forever. This is the topic. This is the supreme topic, the grand topic of the Psalms. And hopefully you should be thinking, well, yes, of course, because that's the supreme topic of the Bible. That's the supreme topic of history. God is the king and he's establishing his kingdom for his glory. One more on this, Psalm 11, 4. Psalm 11, 4. The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes see, his eyelids test the children of man. His throne is in heaven. The one supreme topic of the Psalms is that God is the king over heaven and earth. It's one story Resist the temptation, which is such a temptation because the Psalms is such a large book, 150 Psalms, all different kinds of Psalms. It's not a narrative story like the book of Genesis would be, so it's not linear. But there is an overarching topic or even an overarching storyline, even though it's not linear. It's God's kingship, how God rules and establishes his kingdom. He is the supreme king over heaven and earth. So we shouldn't see the book of Psalms as a bunch of disconnected poems or disconnected prayers. Uh, For an illustration, imagine 150 different poems uh, from random poets in the world on random topics from the world collected together into one book. That would not have one major topic or one major theme or one major storyline. We have all different kinds of things that are disconnected. That's not the book of Psalms. Think rather of one poet 
as an illustration, one poet who writes poems over his lifetime, but these poems express his emotions and his experiences and his life with his family and everything that he goes through. So yes, there's a great variety to what he experiences and what he feels and what he expresses in these different kinds of poems at different stages in his life. But at the end of his life, he compiles them with the purpose to tell the story of his life, to tell the story of what he's been through. That's the illustration of how we should think of the book of Psalms. Yes, there's a lot of variety, a lot of different kinds of Psalms, and you'll see that as you read through it, but there's one supreme topic, God's kingship over everything. And there's one central character, God's anointed king on earth. This is the central character. God is king over all things. He reigns from heaven, but he has a king on earth that represents him. Go to Psalm 2. This is the one we looked at last week, Psalm 2. So as, we're, as you read through the Psalms, the ups and downs, the highs, the lows, the different emotions that are expressed, the different prayers, the different songs, the different settings, remember that there's one supreme topic, God's kingship, and in the middle of that topic, one central character, God's anointed king on earth, you call it God's son, God's son. And you see this come out in Psalm 2 immediately. Psalm 2, verse 2. The kings of earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. So they take counsel, God's enemies take counsel against God and against God's anointed. And that is God's representative king on earth. God's anointed. Uh, if you keep reading. Uh, let us burst their bonds apart. Cast their cords from us. But he who sits in the heavens laughs. And what is he sitting on as he who sits in the heavens? He's sitting on a throne. The, the idea there is the one who reigns in heaven. The Lord holds them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. So God is king. That's clear. But he says, God says, I will set my king on Zion, my holy hill. It's a human who rules on earth as a representative of God. His anointed, a.k.a. his Messiah, a.k.a. the Christ. This book of Psalms is a book about Christ. It's a book about God's anointed, God's son. Verse 7, still in Psalm 2, verse 7. I will tell of the decree the Lord said to me, you are my son. So there's one supreme topic all throughout the Psalms that binds it together, God's kingship. And in the midst of that story, there's one central character, God's anointed king on earth. You have God's throne in heaven and God's throne on earth, his rule in heaven, his rule on earth. And ultimately, what it's prophesying and what it's heading to is the coming together of those two things where you have God himself is the human representative on earth, Jesus Christ. So the book of Psalms is about one thing with one central character. Final point on how to read the Psalms. Not, you know, final point, end period of the whole topic, but just for tonight. Three standpoints of faith. We can read the Psalms from three different standpoints of faith. Uh, number one is the original context. So when there's a Psalm by David or about David or about Israel, you can read it just to understand it in its original context, how it applied to David, how it applied to Israel. 
You can think of if you're at a car show and you're walking around a car that's on display and you're looking at it just as it is, as it appears on the surface. That's the first standpoint you can read the Psalms. What is David going through? What did David experience? What is Israel going through? What did Israel experience? The original historical context. But the second context you can read it from is your own context. As a child of God, as a person of faith, you can apply the psalm and the principles in the psalm to yourself and your experience. That's the second context. That would be more like being able to get inside the car and sit in the car yourself and experience it as it applies to you firsthand immediately. What does this psalm speak to me? If it's a prayer, can you pray that prayer? If there's an experience of trial, have you experienced a similar trial? You can read it from its original context, sort of like walking around the car. You could read it and apply it to your context as a child of God, getting inside the car. But third standpoint of faith that you can read the Psalms from is it's about Christ. You could call it the Christological context or, or the redemptive context. Ultimately, this is a book about Christ because every book in the Bible is ultimately about Christ. And some Psalms are prophecies of Christ. Some psalms are the words of Christ, and some psalms are the Father's words to Christ, the Son. And it's all heading to God establishing his kingdom through the suffering and glory of Jesus Christ, who is human, representative, and who is God on earth through death on a cross and through resurrection, establishing the kingdom of God. That would be more like uh, not walking around the car, not sitting in the car, but popping the hood and looking at the engine and giving a thorough examination to what really makes this go. What makes this run? What's the beauty? What's the special components of the power, the transmission, whatever it is of this engine, seeing what this is really about? What's the real value here? The value on the inside is Christ. We want to see Christ and worship Christ and love Christ that we may serve him better and glorify him in this world. That's how we read the Psalms, prayerfully with an eye to Christ. There's one supreme topic, which is what? God is king. One central character. Who is that? God's anointed. God's anointed king on earth, his representative, his son. And there's three ways you could read it. Walking around the car, its original context. Sitting in the car, applying it to yourself, to the church today. Or the Christological or the redemptive context. How is this about Christ? What does God want to show me of his beautiful, merciful son as I read this psalm?